0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 46. You can turn in your Bibles there or read it on the screen. God's holy, inspired, and inerrant word says to us this morning, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. May God bless the reading and hearing of his holy word to us this morning. Well, we live in fearful times. Before this coronavirus crisis, we were already experiencing so much unrest and angst over the direction and leadership of our country. Investigations and impeachment hog the headlines. The division in our country has never been so palpable. At least the economy was doing well. And now this pandemic has struck and it has struck close to home. Confirmed cases are escalating throughout the United States, throughout Mississippi, and the coast has the largest percentage of the cases in Mississippi. I personally know people with the virus. In fact, we have an extended family member who has the virus. Very quickly, this thing is hitting very close to home. I believe it will get worse before it gets better. I went to the grocery store yesterday and I'll admit I was a bit nervous, I was a bit anxious to get out of there get home and wash my hands. Uh, Going out in public is not something that I relish anymore. This is frightening. We're all concerned about our health and if that wasn't bad enough to cause us to live in fear, we have the economics of the situation to deal with as well. Practically everyone is suffering financially because of this crisis. People and businesses are bleeding income. Bankruptcy may soon be inevitable for some. I'm afraid to look at my retirement account, not that it was actually going to allow me to retire. As I said before, these are fearful times. Well, what is fear? I looked up a couple of dictionary definitions from some of the Bible dictionaries I have at my disposal. One says, Fear is an attitude of anxiety or distress caused by concern over a threat to one's future. Another said, It's a natural emotional response to a perceived threat to one's security or general welfare. It ranges in degree of intensity from a sense of anxiety or worry to one of utter terror. In our current crisis, our our future, our security, our well-being is certainly threatened. We're all tempted to be anxious, to worry, or even perhaps to live in utter terror. I figure that many of you, like me, are, are somewhere on that scale of reaction, and that's why I have chosen Psalm 46 for our meditation this morning. Notice how the psalm begins. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. See, the psalmist calls us to live by faith in God who is the refuge and strength and help for His people in times of trouble. We are called to live by faith. We are not to live in fear, by faith, not in fear. Well, I searched the internet for the answer to this question. How many times does the Bible say, do not fear, or be not afraid? Several articles I read said that there are 365 fear-nots in the Bible, one for every day of the year. And one prominent Presbyterian minister wrote in a book that he authored, that there were 366 fear knots in the Bible, one for each day, including leap year. Well, these are nice sentiments, but I, I don't believe that they are true. However, the Bible does address fear from beginning to end. It has much to say about fear because fear is a natural human response to threats to our security, well-being, and our future. And these threats are part of everyone's human experience. For some, it's a daily experience of threat that causes fear. Well, overwhelmingly, the Bible enjoins us to not fear. Franklin Delano Roosevelt famously said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. He was making the point in his first inaugural address that living in fear can paralyze a country. They needed leaders to move forward who were fearless, well, fear can paralyze individuals as well. However, this statement, this great quote from Roosevelt, uh, on its own is kind of ridiculous when you really think about it. If we are afraid of fear, then we're still living in fear. The statement defeats itself. The Bible, on the other hand, says the only thing that we have to fear is God. It says this repeatedly. Now fear of God does not mean cowering in terror before Him, but having an awe, a reverence, and respect for God. The Bible calls us to recognize His greatness and His glory and to put our trust in Him. The psalmist here in Psalm 46 is doing just that. He's calling the people of God to not be afraid, but to have respect for God, His person, His character, His promises, His purposes. This is living by faith. Now understand that this does not mean that there will not be trouble for the believer. Some people would have you believe that. But notice what the psalm says, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Trouble is inevitable. The Bible says that repeatedly as well. Verse 2 tells us that even the earth might give way, that mountains may fall into the sea. There might be earthquakes when the very foundations of the earth and our lives are literally and figuratively shaken. Isn't that, that what is going on now? The very foundation of our existence is being shaken, figuratively speaking, The economy is reeling. Our sense of security is rattled. Our way of life has been taken from us. We're locked indoors and we're not able to go out really in public. Verse 6 tells us that the nations will rage and kingdoms will totter. This surely describes the world in which we live, doesn't it? Well, this is one of, if not my favorite psalm. It's hard to pick which verse is my favorite within the psalm, but verse 10 is certainly a candidate. Be still and know that I am God. God addresses us within the psalm and these are the words that God speaks to us. Be still and know that I am God. It is a it is a picture of the person who is living by faith. They are still because they know God, they have a refuge, they have strength, they have help in trouble. Their trust is in God. When all around there may be cataclysmic chaos shaking the very foundations of their lives, the person of faith is still. Now the Hebrew verb here, to be still, is a very vivid descriptive word It means to become slack or relax, to hang loose, to sink down. Think of relaxing in a comfortable chair. You sit down, relax, and sink into it. We have some couches in the parlor, and if anyone sits in those, they have trouble getting out because you just sink down into it. It's very relaxing. Well, that's what the psalmist is saying. Relax be still, relax, know your God. Remember what kind of God He is. Trust Him. Eugene Peterson paraphrases this verse in his paraphrase, the message, in this way. Step out of the traffic. Take a long loving look at me, your high God. Step out of the traffic. You know, traffic is chaotic. You could get run over in traffic. You shouldn't be out in traffic. He says, step out of the traffic and take a long, loving look at me. Well, let's do just that for the next few minutes. Let's take a few moments to take a loving look at God. In particular, let us strengthen our faith by looking at what this psalm says about God's presence, His performance, and His plan. And as our faith is strengthened, as we see God, take a look at God, may our fears subside, and we relax in the midst of this chaos our lives are in at the moment. Well, first we see here that our faith is strengthened by remembering God's presence. And this really is one of the major themes of the psalm. God's presence with us. Verse 1 says that God is a very present help in trouble. Now the word very means the highest degree. God is the highest degree of help. The word present means found or discovered. So God is the greatest help that you discover during your troubles. You will find him in times of troubles. You find him there, though he is never far from any of us, as Paul told the Athenians. But when do we usually go looking for God? It's usually when we're in trouble. As the saying goes, there are no atheists in foxholes. The ESV, if you are looking at that, has a footnote with a different translation for very present help. You can also say, according to the ESV, and it's true, that God is a well-proved help in trouble. Many have discovered God in their troubles and have found help. They they have proven it. God is there. God shows up in times of trouble. Well, look at verses 4 and 5 as well. There's a description of Jerusalem here. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. In the Old Testament, God's presence was localized in the temple in Jerusalem. God was literally in the midst of Jerusalem. When Solomon dedicated the temple after he had it constructed, God's glory filled the temple. God was present there other mountains might fall into the heart of the sea, as the psalmist has described, but Mount Zion, Jerusalem, shall not be moved because God lives there. God is present there. Well, if you know anything about the history of Jerusalem, the history of Judah and Israel, eventually the presence of God departed from the temple, and it was destroyed by the Babylonians. But since Jesus Christ came and died and rose from the grave and ascended into heaven. Believers have the presence of God within them, the Holy Spirit. Paul reminds, this, reminds the, the Corinthians this in 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? Isn't that comforting? God is with us. Verse 4 mentions a river. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Now, there was not a river running through Jerusalem, and there still isn't a river in Jerusalem. So this must be a a figure of speech the psalmist is using. What is that river that makes glad the city, and and the people of the city would be what they're referring to here. It's it's a a river that makes glad the the people there in the city that that river is the river of God's grace the river of his blessings that that have been poured out on the people because he's present with them when God is with you you you're blessed you have all those blessings flowing to you and there's also again God's presence reiterated in this psalm there's a refrain that is repeated verse 7 and 11 the Lord of hosts is with us the God of Jacob is our fortress. It's emphasized. It's spoken twice. Now, this psalm is a corporate psalm. It's addressed to the people of God in the church. It's meant to encourage the people of God, the church. God is with His people. He is for us. He is on our side. If you're one of His people, He is for you. He is on your side. Notice the titles for God that are used in this refrain. The Lord of hosts... And the God of Jacob. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the the Lord of a large army. Armies of angels. Last week we looked at Psalm 91. And what did it say there? He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And the writer of Hebrews reminds us, Hebrews 1.14, that angels are ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. Our God has an army of angels at His disposal, taking care of His people. He is on our side with all of His hosts. He is with us. He's also called the God of Jacob. Now, why the God of Jacob? Why not the God of Abraham or the God of Isaac or the God of David or the God of Moses? Why, Why Jacob? Well, perhaps... I don't know this for sure, but perhaps it's because Jacob was always in trouble. But God preserved Jacob through all of his many troubles, and his offspring became the twelve tribes of Israel, the people of God. Remember that God is with you through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He hasn't deserted us. The Christian's confidence is even more certain than the psalmist. Because Christ personally promised to be with us to the end of the age. find that in Matthew 28:20. 20. Well, we can look at God's presence with us and be reminded of that, that God is with us. But let's look closer at something else. Secondly, our faith can be strengthened by remembering God's performance, His works, the things that He has done. Verse eight exhorts us to come behold the works of the Lord how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear, he burns the chariots with fire. Perhaps this was written during the time of King Hezekiah of Judah. King Hezekiah was a a really good king. And at that time, the Assyrians were the international power and they had already conquered the northern kingdom of Israel. And the Assyrians were a vicious, fearful bunch. They would conquer peoples and behead people and pile the, the heads up in pyramids outside city gates just to intimidate the people. They would impale people on the, on the outskirts of the city just to, to cause fear in people. Well, the Assyrians showed up at Jerusalem but Isaiah the prophet encouraged Hezekiah. We can read this in 2 Kings 19, 32 and following. Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Therefore thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, or shoot an arrow there, or come before it with a shield, or cast up a siege mount against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return, and he shall not come into this city, declares the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. Then Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went home. When morning dawned, God helped. Verse 5 says that. God helped Israel in those days. God helped Judah in those days. God broke the the bow. He shattered the spear. And He did it time and again for His people throughout history. From the Exodus to all the deliverances experienced by David. Now, with Christ as Emmanuel, He is God with us. Jesus is the personification of this psalm. He is our refuge and strength. He's our refuge and future victory. Behold His works. He, through His life, His death, and His resurrection, He's conquered sin, evil, even death itself. Paul knows this truth and he says it in Romans 8, these wonderful verses. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Yes, we live in fearful times. But remember how, how, to what great lengths God has gone for us to save a people for Himself. He's not going to abandon us at this time. He's going to continue to work for us. He's working in the midst of this trial. We may not understand it, but he's working. We can be sure of that. Remember all the ways that God has worked to deliver and preserve you in your life. You know, even if you die, your eternity is secure in Christ. You cannot find security in your health or your wealth. Those things come to an end at some point. If coronavirus doesn't get us, then something else will and if it's not something else, old age will eventually get us. But don't fear. Jesus is your eternal security if you trust in Him as your Savior and Lord. And then thirdly and finally, our faith is strengthened not only by remembering that God's presence is with us and that He works for us, He performs for us, but also that God has a plan. He's got a plan. God is working in the world. He is working through this coronavirus. He is executing His plan. One day, as He is mentioned here in this psalm, He will make all war cease forever and all time. Throughout all the earth. And as verse 10 tells us, He will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth amid all the wars and rumors of wars, pestilence and all the things that are going on in our world both during the Old Testament and in the New Testament believers are buttressed with the confidence that all the kingdoms of this world will one day become the kingdom of our our Lord and His Christ and He shall reign forever and ever. That's where all of this history is going to. That's all of this that's going on now is taking us closer to that day where every knee shall bow, as Philippians 2 tells us, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Remember, God is in control. He has a plan. He wins in the end, and His people win with Him. Yes, we may have trouble. We may have, as the As the great hymn, Just As I Am, says, we may be tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without. Do not fear. Jesus Christ is our refuge, our strength, and our ever-present help in trouble. If you put your faith in Him, then He is present with you. He has worked and is working and performing for you. And He has a plan for you. Trust Him. Relax and know that He is God. Let us pray together. Oh Lord, we come to You in these fearful times and we see that You are our God and we thank You that we are Your people. And Lord, we pray that the knowledge of who You are and what kind of God You are that you love us, that you have demonstrated that love by sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that we could be saved, so that we could be part of your family. We know that you have bought us and that we belong to you. Thank you, Lord, that, that we have this knowledge. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this word. We pray that we would trust in it, that we would trust in you. And we do pray for your protection. Lord, we pray that this moment would not be lost on us, but that we would turn to you and call upon you and find you in this time of trouble. And I pray for those who don't know you, who don't know that security, who should be afraid because their eternity is uncertain. We pray, Lord, that they would call upon you in the time of their trouble and that you would save them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.